You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. A.K.A. DJ Tide Pod. That one has nothing to do with the movie at all. No, it doesn't. You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned, the show where we take some of your favorite movies from the 1990s to the mid-2000s and look at them objectively. We take off the rose-colored glasses and we stomp them into the ground and we underneath that ground is water and we just drown them. We drown the glasses. <laughs> Dude. How are we going to fill an hour for I have no idea. This might be one of our most lackluster episodes ever, which is not a great way to start off the podcast by promoting it as one of our most lackluster episodes ever, but here we are. Uh, To psych everyone back up, let's remind them what we're covering. It's 2000's animated adventure film, Dinosaur. Is that what it is? An animated adventure? What else would you call it? Animated? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, I can. I mean, an adventure involves travel, and if you know, I guess any indication yeah. this movie is full of fucking walking. There is a lot, a lot of, of walking, walking in, this in this movie. All right, dinosaur two thousand. What is your history with the film, Zach? dude? I was so my interest was peaked when Dinosaur came oh, out. I was peaked. yeah, peaked, dude. <laughs> No, I was so excited. I mean, uh, we've talked before on this podcast about our young fascination with dinosaurs, yes. um, especially after Jurassic Park. Uh, this, I remember when this movie came out, the animation uh, was something that I had never even fathomed. It looked so real. Um, you know, it had it had these T Rex like dinosaurs in it. Uh, it, it just, it looked like a lot of fun and I remember seeing it and loving it and even like, I didn't own the DVD, but someone else did that I knew. And yep. every time I was over their house, I'd be like, I mean, we could watch Dinosaur. Which... Yeah, this was a great demo movie. Like, show yeah. off your TV, like, check this shit out. I got this movie on digital video disc. Yeah, exactly. But, um, I, I mean, I don't, I didn't really remember a lot of it, um, from the last, <laughs> I mean, it's been years and years since i've last seen dinosaur and what an adventure (laughs) (laughs) no i'm in the same boat as you i love this movie when it first came out i remember the trailer distinctly because it was back in the day when disney would just release the first scene to the movie Mm -hmm. and that would be the trailer like i remember the lion king trailer and i remember this trailer just being the opening where the fucking egg travels all around and whatnot yeah it was a good solid like four minute trailer cut together or whatnot and I really dug it. It looked amazing. And yeah, like you said, it was the visuals that really made you want to see this movie in the theater. I was not lucky enough to see it in theaters, unfortunately, because uh, my parents didn't take me to many movies. Honestly, they were they were very oh, stingy so with sorry, their dude. movie taking. Um, I also didn't I go see a ton of movies. <laughs> no, it, movies were something I kind of discovered almost in like middle school, high school for the most part, except for the, you know, the few you're allowed Growing up and whatnot. Of course, yeah. But Dinosaur, yeah, was one I wound up renting and loving and wound up picking up on VHS and was a a staple of my my childhood. However, like you, I have not seen this movie in a good 10 years plus. Easy. And uh, just so everybody knows, this movie is about 
a page master and like a tenth of a page master. Eighty-two I would minutes say. long. Eighty-two yep. minutes long. Can you? I don't remember it being that short. <laughs> it's <laughs> just this movie hustles. Yeah, it really does. Uh, to get into a little bit of the background of the movie, it's got a six point five on IMDb and the exact same score on Rotten Tomatoes is sixty five percent. So it uh, was made for $127 million. It was the most expensive movie released in 2000. Mm-hmm. Made $137 million in the U.S. and $349 million worldwide. It was the 11th movie for the year in the U.S. for the year 2000. It was directed by two gentlemen, actually. One named Eric Layton, who this was the only movie he's ever directed. Uh, he was very much into visual effects and uh, animation. Oh, we'll get into all that. Very groundbreaking. Yeah. He was actually nominated for uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, an Oscar. Uh, oh. So he's very into the, the groundbreaking visual effects style. He also directed this movie with a guy named Ralph Zondag, who the only other movie he's ever directed, interestingly enough, is We're Back, a dinosaur story. Oh my God! That, movie, dude? that is a stay that tuned, a man. Stay tuned. I used to... Oh my it's god! John Goodman, right? He yeah, John Goodman. Rex. I think yeah. I broke my VHS with the amount of times I played We're Back. Oh yeah, my god! Speaking of dinosaur obsession, we'll oh my check god! That one out later. Yeah. Um, oh, but by the way, I did. I have seen that movie like as of like a year and a half ago or something like that. It was on HBO. Really? Yeah. Um, let me tell you, man, it's a different fucking experience. I have to to confess, I haven't seen this movie. Honestly, I would say. In Close to twenty goddamn years, oh my which God. is sad to look yeah. back on my life to realize I'm that old <laughs> to say that it's been twenty years. I think since I've seen We're Back. Oh my God, Genuinely. dude! It is a fucking different <laughs> sort of movie than I remember. Uh, you, we have to watch that. Right, we might save right. that for the podcast because it is okay. <laughs> I'd be anxious to see that yeah. one again. Uh, but Dinosaur, they they really tried to do something completely different. They mm-hmm. really tried to revolutionize the industry with this movie, and I guess it had been gestating for over a decade. Decade. Uh, originally, they had the idea shortly after The Land Before Time was released to do a, a dinosaur-themed picture at, mm-hmm. at, Dis- at Disney. There was a few different concepts. One involved the dialogue that would play over them with their mouths closed, similar to Homer Homeward Bound. Homer Bound, yeah, yeah of Journey. course, yeah. Um, Michael Eisner, though, who was the CEO of uh, Disney at the time, mm-hmm. pretty much nixed it once Toy Story that animation had kind of been developed and proved to be successful. He said, right. I want it all done that way. And then the movie was going to be a completely silent version where it was almost going to be a documentary style just using this visual effects style to portray like kind of the story, which honestly have you like could David do Attenborough, the story. Like narrating. Narrate, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They must have a narrator, but uh, but you could absolutely do the story with zero dialogue. Because oh, 100%. So, the whole movie, especially the first seven and a half minutes, which is that intro, completely wordless and is uh, just really all visual storytelling. Well, I was, I made the comment that in the first like seven minutes of this movie, it almost strikes you as uh, something that Pixar would put before a movie just to like flex their animation, like a short film. Yes. Because it literally is just like very fast paced, um, showing off great animation, no words or dialogue whatsoever. But and then it just kind of, you know, snowballs from there, I would guess. But you were talking about how it was doing something different. And I remember going into this thinking, you know, I don't think the animation would hold up as well as it as it did back when I saw it. Mm-hmm. But when I first saw this, I there were obviously a couple things that were like, ooh, that looks rough. But some of the animation in this is pretty spectacular. And their use of practical and real shots in this movie there's actually a lot more studio work 
than there yeah. than you would think in this movie. They chose to shoot all of the locations uh, for real, so they went to all these different exotic, mm-hmm. beautiful locations, beautiful to shots. film all of the the background uh, work, and then they pretty much just animated the dinosaurs on top of it later on. But then they also combined that, yeah, mm-hmm. with especially the meteor scene. With all this practical VFX, and it's pretty impressive, actually, what there, they were able to do. There was also this shot, and I, it, even watching it today, it kind of blew my mind, where they're focused on like this beach with rocks, and the dinosaur steps on it, and all the rocks move with it. So you're watching this animation move real rocks, and I, I get that that's probably a little easier and less impressive now, but I think even today, and based on what they were working with back then, I mean, that's pretty groundbreaking animation work at the time yeah there this i would say half of it really holds up honestly half of the animation i'd say pretty the lemurs for some reason the lemurs look terrible they're four renders away from being done (laughs) and they just ran out of time and like oh we gotta animate the lemurs too i thought we were shooting that or something because it it is such (laughs) a drastic drop off in quality from the dinosaurs detailed wrinkled skin to these yeah. lemurs who at some points look like the fucking lost in space monkey. Well, so, I mean, these CGI dinosaur documentaries and whatnot, these animations, they weren't exactly a new thing. I remember a lot of, like, TLC back when it was the Learning Channel and, like, <laughs> yep, Discovery yep. Channel and Animal Planet, all these things doing dinosaur documentaries that looked a lot like this. Um and it, it it's amazing how much detail they would put into this. The lemurs felt like a fucking afterthought. <laughs> they really did. They, they look really so did. they look bad. I mean, they look like they were just straight up drawn. They don't look CGI at all. It's funny. This movie originally started in a much darker tone. There was going to be a lot more violence and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And like I said, more documentary style. They also talked about doing it stop motion. Oh, which would have been interesting to see, but probably wouldn't. So much work. Yeah, I was going to say. So, yeah, it would and take also, it even longer. Yeah, and also just. The, the anime, I don't see how that works. You do this movie. Yeah, almost looks maybe, like the Harry House and Clash of the Titans. Type yeah, kind of style, kinda which weird, I would yeah. be also down to watch. I mean, <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you. But uh, Roger Ebert gave the film three out of four stars, obviously praising the film's visuals, but pretty much criticizing the decision to make the animals talk, which he felt kind of canceled out the effort to make the film so realistic. (laughs) And so his quote here was, an enormous effort had been spent on making these dinosaurs seem real, and then an even greater effort was spent on undermining the illusion. (laughs) Which is kind of... I mean, I get where he's coming from there, absolutely. It's, it's, um... I don't know. It's it's very... The the whole dialogue... All the dialogue is... I don't know how to put it other than just say a lot of this dialogue is not good. It's it's not even that it's not good. It's just very vanilla and bland. It feels. And I would say the story for the most part is just so safe and like oh, it's predictable yeah. and all right. So with cliches, we have to before we get into the movie, we do have to break this down. And I'm just gonna throw it out there. First of all, uh, there's two movies you can compare this to. It's almost like Fellowship of the Rings because they're doing nothing but traveling. That's the whole movie. It's you know we'll get over that. Um, the other movie I compared it to, and we're gonna keep bringing this up throughout the podcast, is Mad Max Fury Road. This movie <laughs> is just Mad Max Fury Road. George, dinosaurs. George Miller was absolutely like high or drunk, watching Dinosaur one night, and like looked at his poster of Mel Gibson in the Road Warrior and was like, 
hang on a second. <laughs> honey, honey, <laughs> honey, get the typewriter. I mean, there's just so many similarities between Dinosaur and Mad Max It's Fury so funny because they start off in the jungle and once it got to desert, you had made that joke and I dismissed it. And then as it <laughs> plot pointed, like it kept like progressing, we really just started to see so many similarities, a shocking amount of similarities between Fury Road. <laughs> well, thanks for dismissing my joke, you <laughs> of fucking... Of course, it was, I was like, oh yeah, it's desert. And then we started thinking about it. It's like, holy shit, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of Fury Road. <laughs> Oh, well, man. should we dive into it then? Yes, or do you let's have dive into else? it. Uh, the All only right. other thing, uh, we watched this on Blu-ray. This was actually mm-hmm. the very first animated movie ever released on Blu-ray back in 2006. Worthy of note. Yeah, yeah. so it's been over 10 years since Blu-rays were around. I didn't even know that it had been that long. I feel old. Old as shit, man. Yeah. So let's start off with this opening shot, this, this opening scene, rather, which was the trailer, a condensed version anyway. Yeah. And it's seven and a half minutes. We clocked it from when the Disney logo, which, by the way, used to bring us such oh, joy so, and I used to get so excited. Even watching that, I felt the nostalgia of just like, Walt Disney Pictures Presents. Yeah. I was like, ooh. But I knew <laughs> what was fun. coming, exactly. so I was Shiba like, down yeah, your yeah. Spine. yeah, it used to bring a lot of joy, but, eh, you know. We start off in this egg with baby Aladar, and we pull out, and we're inside this, uh, the nesting grounds, essentially. This is where all the dinosaurs go to to lay their eggs. Yep. So it's this long tracking shot all around, kind of, just really a showcase for what they're doing. You know, no, exactly. Like, Check out our fucking animation, Yeah, look man. at these fucking dinosaurs. Holy shit. <laughs> but we follow this one little dinosaur who eventually makes his way to the edge of the forest there, and we're introduced to our kind of villain of the movie, or our big villain. It's a it's a Carnotaur, I believe it's called. Uh, that's what they kept calling it, a Carnotaur. Yes. It's, okay, it's a horned T-Rex. Well, let's get it out of the way. It's a horned T-Rex. Don't try and, stop trying to differentiate yourself from Jurassic Park. I don't know if I said that word right. But, uh, <laughs> no, well, they actually wanted to go with the T-Rex, but decided not to when Lost World Jurassic Park was released. And at the end of that, there's that whole arc where they tried to show the good side of the dinosaur. Oh, yeah. And they thought for some reason that would negatively play into their movie like oh people won't think t-rexes are scary enough i don't know what the hell they were thinking because yeah this is just a red t-rex was just horns. a red t-rex but i'm horns. not a paleontologist so in who fact, the hell am i you know in I mean? fact i even heard the t-rex noise from jurassic park at one point in this film i will say i love the sound design in this oh movie. yeah like the dinosaur calls and yeah. i i really enjoy it actually. the sound the score I, oh, it, the this score movie sounds wonderful yes so this Carnotaur comes in and starts ripping shit up, and we get our first kill of the movie. He takes down, what is that, a Triceratops or whatnot? Yeah. But it's, it's kind of vi- violent for a kid's movie anyway. Yeah, especially for, like, an early 2000s Disney movie. Like, he fucking takes that thing by the <laughs> neck and slams it down. It's pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty cool. And then we cut back to the egg, the only one that wasn't crushed in this attack. Um, I'm not sure however, er, I'm not sure how many other dinosaurs died or whatnot, or if it was just that Triceratops I think it was killed. just that Triceratops. He chased the other ones away, but he did step on the nest that Aladar was nesting in, so all the other eggs are destroyed. A pterodactyl comes down and picks it up, and then basically we follow this pterodactyl as he flies through some beautiful scenery yes. shots. This was, by. this was after, you know, like a scavenger came and picked up the egg, and then it got dropped in the river, and then it got spit out by a fish, yep. and then it gets picked up by the pterodactyl. Semantics, whatever, it doesn't matter. No, it reminded me of the Polar Express, the whole scene where that the his ticket comes out the window and we yeah. follow it. But also the animation style in the in the same sense that it's almost this if 
the uncanny valley where they're so similar but there's something still kind of off about them yeah the dinosaurs didn't give me that any problem but when you see the lemurs and stuff in certain lights when they do try to make them look okay yeah it's still that that sense of you know that exists in reality and you can you know you have pictures of what lemurs look like so you can compare and contrast whatnot in your mind right and so it's just that weird like something's off and it's bugging me <laughs> but the dinosaurs because you know i've never seen a fucking dinosaur in real life right we have no frame of reference exactly. for dinosaurs well except we do know that now they were just like basically birds which really is so depressing so fucking disappointing. so depressing god damn it the pterodactyl eventually drops the egg into this forest uh inhabited by lemurs yep it's on the middle of this island where apparently there are no actual dinosaurs it's all just lemurs and i would assume maybe like smaller <laughs> animals or something like that it's a peaceful island is what they're trying to get across and we know that because uh once aladar has that his fucking name aladar, aladar my god Let's see if i ever mess that up in the next hour <laughs> if aladar when aladar hatches uh the head lemur, and I don't fucking know any Pleo of them. Pleo is the lady lemur. Her yep. dad is Yar. Who's Yar. The old crusty lemur. I should I have played known. Played by Ozzy Davis. I should have known Yar. 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 Like Yar. Yar. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh my God. Um, Yar sees Aladar as a baby and's like, that's a monster. We've got to get rid of it. So she basically gives him the baby and is like, fucking kill it then. Peace out. And she walks, starts walking away. He's holding the baby over this ledge off the tree anyway. Yeah, like he's about to just like spike it into the <laughs> abyss. <laughs> and she's example. so cocky she's about so this too. She's like, not going to kill this She's baby. like, you better hurry. He looks hungry. And she's like giving him like the lazy eye. And it's like, what if he did it? Like, where's your comeback after that? The only thing. Yeah. And then the, the dinosaur pisses on him. And instead of spiking him into the ground, he's just like, ah, take him. He's a lovable Lovable lunk. Tell you what, if I'm scared of that thing and then I'm on the fence and it pees on me, I'm throwing I'm it away. I'm definitely throwing it off. Yeah, I'm throwing point. it away. Throwing it in the trash. Lemurs, dude. Lemurs are dicks. Lemurs remember are Zabumafu? dicks. Remember Yes, I remember Zabumafu. Oh, my God. That's a show I want to revisit. I wish they had a Blu-ray set of that. I think they were thinking about rebooting it. They may have already. We should reboot it. Right now? That's the end of the stuff. <laughs> See you next week, guys. <laughs> so we cut to uh, years later. I didn't know if we mentioned this yet. Aladar, he's an iguanodon, okay, for all we you did not dinosaur buffs that. out there. Uh, <laughs> you want to break out your handy-dandy encyclopedia. I don't. Well, so if we looked this up on Wikipedia, iguanodon was not what the Wikipedia no, article listed it. A- it. Parasurophilophus, but I didn't want to mention it because I didn't want this exact thing to happen right now. Zach. That's why I brought it Fucking up. asshole. He's an iguanodon. So yeah, it's years later, and we get a few more of these lemurs. One of them's named Zinni, who, oh even as a God. kid, I hated this character. Because yeah. he's a gross, mangy, mangy. matted-haired, ugly-ass lemur. You know what he reminds me of? Um, and for anybody who's ever seen Rick and Morty, he reminds me of Squanchy. <laughs> Okay, he's just Squanchy he's head. just his hair sticking up all over the place. He's for whatever reason like got this sandy fur instead of yep. the gray fur like all the other lemurs. You can tell he's a fucking he he would be the stoner of the lemur society. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, he's a real, an outcast. Yes. And he's best friends with Aladar, because Aladar's also kind of on the outskirts. While he's still popular, he's a fucking dinosaur. He doesn't even know what he is. He clearly doesn't fit in. Have they ever seen a dinosaur, you think, before? Because they've been on this island the whole time. Because he just mentioned it looks like a monster, but they have no frame of reference for, like, what he actually is. Well, so Yar mentions that, like, 
things like that eat us. Yeah, okay. So Yar has definitely at least heard of dinosaurs or maybe even seen one. No one else on the island seems to have even heard or seen of a dinosaur. So I would assume that maybe like the elders just know, but all the other lemurs have no frame of reference to even be scared of dinosaurs. I imagine it's just pretty fucking weird to have that guy around. Yeah. So they basically pimp him out as a fuck taxi. (laughs) (laughs) There's this whole mating ritual where he comes in with all the males on his back. Like, here we go, ladies. Your buffet has arrived. Your buffet of love or something like that, right? Yep. Get munching. And then they all jump <laughs> off, and they all run up into the trees and whatnot, and they're all doing their little dance and sexual seduction with lemurs. Zinni, on the other hand, he can't fucking catch a break, man. This guy is the worst. Zinni is a fucking klutz, man. <laughs> he he swings on the rope and gets tangled in yeah. him. He can't attract anybody. His pickup lines are fucking terrible. He's John Favreau in Swingers. He's John Favreau <laughs> in Swingers. That's <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly right. So you know, there's this nice little scene where there's a great music and. You know, this great animation job with all the vines intertwining and the lemurs, and it's set next to this beautiful sunset of the on the ocean, mm-hmm. um, and fucking crackhead lemur is left all alone <laughs> being sad. That night, they're all just kind of chilling uh, on, the, on the ground there. Zinni, super bummed that he doesn't have anyone to, to call his own. But in the air, in the sky, they're seeing something for the very first time, and it freaks them the fuck out. Understandably, it's a meteor shower. Yeah, and it's this animation was beautiful. Really the colors, beautiful. the blue colors of the meteor mixed in with the pink and purple and orange of the sunset. Uh, it just it looked beautiful. I remember that. Like they even the characters in the movie like take a minute to be like, wow. <laughs> like it's it's beautiful, and that's the thing is how crazy this must have been from their perspective to have no like no idea no, what the hell is happening. No, yeah, no idea. Um, and it gets really scary when an actual fucking meteor, like a, a huge one, comes down and plummets into the ocean, and basically you get a giant flash of white light and a enormous mushroom cloud. It's pretty cool, and they're hit with like shock waves. Yep, and then. Yeah, it's fucking total chaos. It's it's really well animated and yeah. super intense for a kids movie. And so this was the only thing that we stopped and looked on the special features about was how they did this. They used actual explosions in a lot of it. Yeah, um, like a controlled studio yeah. setting. And the the thing they were going for was that this was almost a living monster. This cloud of just dust and rock and fire coming at them to destroy their island. And I, I never got the sense that the lemurs and dinosaurs thought like, oh, that's a real thing, like a monster. Yeah, I don't know if they necessarily meant it that way or if it... Well, they said they wanted well, it to from feel being that from way. From a dinosaur's like, perspective, okay. I guess you have no concept of the fucking weather for the most part either. Right. So you would look at it as just some sort of insane monster yeah, I guess, I, I guess yeah. this incredible quick sensation and you'd understand what would kill you so you just start running yeah <laughs> I guess no i guess well panic, they they but. understand that obviously because they start running away and explosions and meteors are falling all around them and the island is getting engulfed in this puff of dust and smoke and uh to save himself and his family aladar jumps off a cliff into the ocean 
all of the fucking lemurs die. That whole island is eviscerated. The whole island extinct. Just destroyed. And he winds up swimming to uh, kind of a, is it shore or another rock in the ocean or something? He winds up making it to safety I, for I a bit. I think he makes it to the shore that's off of this island. Yes, so, yes. Um, and we were tr- kind of confused. Were we watching the extinction, like the mass extinction event? Well, I'm assuming this must be it because it's not some sort of alternate history where it doesn't hit and dinosaurs grow like the fucking good dinosaur movie or whatever the hell that right. one was from Pixar. Yeah. This is supposed to be, I guess, the beginning of this mass extinction event. Because immediately after, you know, they they take a minute to mourn the fact that all of their monkey friends are died. It's very sad, <laughs> As by the a way. kid, this was a super sad scene because they're all just making out, like, their call signs and whatnot, waiting for someone to... To respond back to yeah. them, and no one's responding, and the island's just up in flames. But immediately after this, they start walking through what is essentially a, just an apocalyptic desert. Yeah, and I don't think... That that has changed the landscape, though, at all at that point in time. Because it, it wouldn't look like a desert anyway. It'd be like scorched earth, I'd assume. Or no, I guess because, the, the, what, the sand would block out the, the sand, sun. Yeah. And that causes the ice age. That's how it kind of went down for yeah. the most part. Yeah, so, like, the, the ash from the meteor uh, blocks out the sun and freezes everything. Right. Um, which, you know, they've always talked about, like, if we use nuclear weapons, like, that might happen, That, that could yeah, happen. that could happen. And so, no, I, but I don't believe it's actually affected the the landscape here i think it's just a desert which is well, strange because so, it cuts from a jungle the next very next scene they're in the middle of a fucking desert so. well so without getting giving too much away later on in the movie they do talk about like oh man this has changed because of the meteor they say there was a giant fireball that came down and all of a sudden there's a lake that's dried up now and uh, there's a pass that they can't get through because rocks have shifted because of the meteor shower I just don't understand how that doesn't affect the part towards the end of the movie where they're all headed for. I do, this is another <laughs> thing we have to talk about. That's why I said I didn't want to get too I got far you. I'm ahead. I'm just very confused but, as to but, what this meteor touches. <laughs> I, I don't know, and I don't get it, and we just have Whatever, to chalk it off cares? to like yeah. movie science. Movie and, logic. All right. Yeah. So during this sandstorm, they essentially get blindsided by this giant herd of fucking roaming dinosaurs. Yeah, and this is the first time that uh Aladar has ever seen dinosaurs this is the first time that more than half the lemurs have seen <laughs> dinosaurs other than Aladar. Yeah. Like they're even describing them as like, look at all the Aladars. Like That's Suri, who's played by Hayden Penetier. That's the only notable name. Pleo's <laughs> daughter. Yeah, Pleo, I believe, is played by Alfred Woodard, and Ozzy Davis is Yar. I, those are the only three names I recognize out of anybody in this yeah, cast. No. So whatever. Um which is strange. But I also kind of like the fact that they went with a, an unknown cast because I think it may have become a little of like, ooh, that's Owen Wilson as right. Alatar. Right. Oh wow. Wow. Oh wow. Look at the rock. Wow. I'm getting really tired. Wish I had some water. Wow. wow. <laughs> Wish that movie. Yeah, had. and yeah. honestly, I had no real issues with the voice, the voice acting. Cast yeah, fun. No. Oh, Juliana Margulies is also in this. That's later on. yes, yep. that's right. Um, yeah, I had no real issue with the voice actors. I had issues with the script, just not the voice actors. Aladar looks at the lemurs as his family, like his adopted mother and grandfather yeah. and cousins and whatnot. And so when he sees dinosaurs for the f- dinosaurs, <laughs> dinosaurs for the first time, it kind of freaks him the fuck out. Like there's other 
creatures out there like me. Just like Which me. I understand. Yeah. It's like truly bizarre. Yeah. So as all these dinosaurs are kind of pushing their way past him, uh, he gets to the back of the herd and we meet just the... <laughs> The the classic group of misfits. Yeah, they're they're two of them are really old dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. One of them's Brachiosaurus named Baleen. The other is a Triceratops, and then there's an Ankylosaur. I think it's called named Earl, which is essentially a dog. Like because you have to have the dog character. It's a Disney movie. We also get the other villain of this movie, Kron Crone. Crone and his right hand oh. man Bruton. They're also <laughs> iguanodons, but they look. Different. They're just like more rugged and badass. And yeah, they kind of like, have some they have like, like weathered, dirtier skin. Yeah, they've got like kind of some horns, horns and muscles on the top of their head whoa, or something. Whoa, like you that. into this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. So Crone is an absolute asshole. I think it, literally his first line is "Get out of my way." <laughs> yep, <laughs> get out of my way. Um, but his sister. Oh. She's a hot ass dinosaur, <laughs> dude. Nima, I think her name is. And that's Juliana Margulies. Yes. His whole thing, Crone, he doesn't want the weak to set the pace. So he's constantly a hard ass and just forcing this herd to move, despite half of them not being able to because they haven't had water in days. They haven't had water. They haven't had food. And his theory is that, you know what? The weak are going to get left behind and slow down all the predators following this herd. Darwinism. That's, yeah, you know, essentially. So... He's, you're right, he's driving the pace of this, and uh, Aladar doesn't really understand this, and he goes up to bat for his newfound friends, and Crone basically tells him to fuck off. Yeah, eat shit and die, bro. Yeah, eat shit. But he does, he catches the eye of uh, Nima. I believe she calls him a Jerkosaurus at some point here. Well, that's because <laughs> the stupid lemur that i hate zinny <laughs> zinny <laughs> fucking hate that guy. did like cat calls to her oh, and right. she thought it was aladar so she calls him a jerkosaurus because zinny's a piece of shit <laughs> basically it's then a pick up the pace montage of him just yelling at the dinosaurs and them yeah. like struggling to keep moving and whatnot yeah and again mad max <laughs> yes so they're on a journey to try to find water very sandy an abrasive leader We'll they get into they lose predators in a sandstorm. <laughs> so yeah, walking for days without water or any food, and eventually the leaders recognize where they are. They're just over the hill. There is the kind of their midway point, or basically it's a yeah, place it's, they can stop and get some water. Drinking yeah, hole. it's like a lake or something where they know that this is the place where you stop, you rest, you collect yourselves, and you get ready for the long haul afterwards. Uh, Except that they come over the hill, and it's bone-fucking-dry, dude. Water is all gone, and half of them are almost about to collapse and just, and know, just desperate. Die. Yeah, like, there's no hope anymore. But basically, he's just like, fuck it, let's keep moving, y'all. Yeah. All right, I guess we gotta keep going, that sucks. But the older dinosaurs, they just can't carry on without the water, so... One of them there is basically the Triceratops about to die. Yep. Baleen, the giant Brachiosaurus, is standing where the lake used to be. And her weight, just this, she's a massive creature, winds up kind of erupting the water below, I guess? Yeah, so I, I, I don't know, know the science on she this. Ends, she ends up, because she's so big, she's one of the biggest dinosaurs in history, uh, breaks through the surface of like the dirt. And underneath that, if you dig just a little bit, 
the water comes up. Yeah, so press down real hard. Real hard. So they end up pressing through, getting the water, and, uh, you know, they're saved. Hooray. But Crone is super pissed that, one, he didn't find this, and that anyone just defied to not follow his instructions. However, right. he's fucking thirsty, so he rushes past everyone, including some kids, like pushes them Yeah, aside, pushes the kids out of the way. just starts sucking down this water. And then there's a stampede, and Aladar's just getting pissed off, walks away. But... She notices him again. Dude, there's this whole back and forth of their, you know, their budding relationship. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Crone has sent out his goonie and a, quote, scout. <laughs> yeah, Bruton and a scout. Yeah, a.k.a. a red shirt. <laughs> to go out and find water, uh, this before they started digging. And while they're out, they get attacked by the knockoff T-Rexes. Yeah, the red shirt gets fucking dragged away and killed. Yeah, killed immediately. Yep, and... Cut back to the herd where Bruton finds his way back and basically says, you know, Carnotaurs are coming. Crone, on the other hand, is super pissed. Like, what the fuck? You led them straight to us. You can feed them with your dead body. It's basically what he tells them. And he's cut the fuck up, man. He is. He's He's limping and shit. And, you know, I I guess I understand from certain... I mean, you're a fucking dinosaur, man. You can't be helping out all these old-ass dinosaurs. Listen, I get what the the message that they were sending in here is like, oh, help each other. And everybody, (laughs) you know, everybody benefits if we share and we... But, like, I don't know, man, survival, like, I kind of get that. (laughs) Crone gets the herd moving double time, but our trio of dinosaurs that we were first introduced to, they can't keep up. So Aladar is trying to push him, but realizes it's a futile gesture. So he stays behind with them, um... And they eventually find their way to a cave. It starts pouring out and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And right before then, they actually run into Bruton, who can't move anymore. He's been left behind by yep. the entire herd. Waiting to die. Waiting to die. And they ask him, you know, we're going to be in this cave over here if you want to come. But he's too prideful, man. He can't do it. But then it starts to rain, and he's like, eh, you Fuck, know what? Dude, Fuck a cave it. would be sweet right now. Yeah. So he goes into the cave and... He's trying to figure out why Aladar would be doing this, you know, helping these castaways, the these leftovers. And uh, he's he's basically told by uh, what's her fucking face? Pilo, Pilo, Pleo, Pleo. Pleo. <laughs> it's weird that there's like they have this uh, like quick little talk. It's yeah. almost like they start up. A relationship. Yeah, they almost or, they almost kindle a relationship. The up. female lemur, lemur, <laughs> this dinosaur. <laughs> she um, some plant but she basically tells him like, yeah, you know, it's the right thing to do. Whatever. And whatever, dude. Two carnotaurs though attack in the rain, and this is actually a super badass and kind of creepy scene. It's really well photographed, mm-hmm. and the effects work well with the rain and the lightning. Yeah, it's a super intense scene, and it's pretty cool. They, I mean, all the animation works better at night. It just yes. it works with the bi- the, the dark. blue dark filters. Yep. Yeah. But they chase them inside to the the cave, and the older dinosaurs are kind of in, kind of in the back. And Aladar decides, you know, to kind of basically almost sacrifice himself to hold off the herd. But Bruton decides, you know what? You go after the herd. You keep them safe. Right. I'll go out there and and keep shit locked down. And for a while, he's doing well uh, until there's like a rock. Uh, yeah, he causes a rock slide to kind of uh, push away the. T-Rexes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and in the in the process gets fucking crushed by rocks. Yeah, super intense, but he does yeah. kill one of the Carnotaurs. Yeah, he redeems himself and just immediately dies. But this is the all hope is lost moment for yes. Aladar. They reach the end of the cave and they realize just behind this giant rock wall essentially is the nesting grounds, but they can't get to it and he's given up hope. Yeah, but he gets this nice little speech from the 
uh, Baleen. Baleen. <laughs> the Brachiosaurus. I've, I don't know any of the fucking names. <laughs> Jesus, I don't, I know like, chin up. What the fuck was the point in going this far if you were going to give up anyway? Yeah, don't we be can a, do this. Don't be a pussy. I'm going to fucking start pulling my own weight. Yeah, and, gets up on her hind legs. It's actually kind of cool. And she fucking yeah. slams into this uh, into this rock wall. And I like the animation. And I like yeah. that they, they, they've kept everything to scale. And it feels weighted. And Yeah, she looks massive compared yes. to everything else. Uh, they finally break through the wall. And wouldn't you fucking know it, dude? The Great Valley. <laughs> exactly from Tree land before time all, yeah man. no but it's the nesting grounds you know it's it's beautiful for some reason Completely it is untouched, untouched by the nuclear apocalypse <laughs> that just hit them aren't they looking for a green place in mad max fury road they are they're exactly. looking for a green place that uh turns out doesn't exist yep um so that's where the differentiator where it starts to separate itself sure. from mad max but it is just them trying to get you know, find salvation while being chased by protagonist or antagonist. Yep. Um, so Bruton also uh, sacrificed himself, much like Nicholas Holt's character yep. in Mad Max. For I die, exactly. I live again. He even closes the pass so no one can follow <laughs> <does>. them. It's <laughs> Mad Max. It's just Mad Max. <laughs> but yeah, so oh, so they're there. And I, I'm telling you, <laughs> man. George Miller George just Miller, stole dinosaur. <laughs> oh man, one of my favorite movies, by the way. <laughs> but. From inside the uh, nesting grounds, they look up and they notice that the pass is completely blocked. Yep. So the one that they normally take and where the herd is heading. To. Right. So even if the herd does find this place, there's no way they can scale that mountain. Right. So Aladar makes the decision. You guys all stay here. I'm going to catch up with the herd and warn them and just bring them back this way so they can get here safely. Mm -hmm. But the Carnotaur's on his trail and Bruton is a fucking dick. Yeah. Ah, uh, Crone, I'm sorry. Bruton's oh, God. dead. God damn it, I did it to myself. No, Crone! Sorry, Crone! Crone! Crone is now, it's been the next day, and he's basically that night before told the herd, we're scaling that fucking wall. Everyone yeah. here is going to do it. We got it. It's the only way over. Which is a bad idea because, first of all, people won't make, even make it up that they're wall. So weak. But then after that, it's a sheer drop. So, I mean, they're literally just stuck between a rock and a hard place. And Aladar catches up to them and convinces most of the herd to follow him as he's like, this this is a ridiculous plan, tells him what he knows and that he knows a route back that's safe that everyone can get yep. to and go to. So he starts leading the herd off, and that really pisses Crone off. Crone, um, being the alpha male, feels yeah, his... It's his, a dick measuring contest yeah. right here. And Aladar don't got the bigger dick. No. So Crone. <laughs> so we get a little dinosaur fight, and uh, Crone's kicking his ass. But he gets fucking ambushed by his own sister, dude. Nima pulls the old last minute save a Redino. <laughs> <laughs> Kick, save, and a butte. And uh, basically cheats. Pushes him, right out of, yeah, exactly. Pushes him right out of the way. And, you know, he's just shocked that anyone would stand up to him, let alone his own yeah. blood. So the herd turns their back on him and they start following Aladar. Um, but right as they're about to head back... The fucking last remaining Carnotaur. Carnotaur. What the fuck's this, dude? This is like hey a buffet of dinosaurs here. Hey, guys. I'm here now. Hey, everybody. I'm just super hungry. Can't wait to good. eat y'all. Don't run away. Don't run away. Take a few. I don't think dinosaurs, again, not a dinosaur scientist mm -hmm. of any kind. I don't know if this dinosaur would approach this herd. There's like well, so 40 it, dinosaurs I mean, there. dinosaurs were just, you know, animals. Yeah. So... 
a carnivore wouldn't see a herd like this and think, hmm, buffet. No, a, a, an animal would know that they're outnumbered. Yeah. Like, turn around yeah. and be like, like Wolf that's. And, and cows and shit. Yeah, like exactly. That. Wolves will do that for any, like, deer. They'll wait until a younger or older uh, animal will just fall behind and they pick them off one by one. Like, that's just basic animal instinct. So, I mean, I guess we got to fucking push the plot along. But sure. But you're right. No, the the animal would not go after a pack right there. It would probably turn around and be like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. How dude. come the carnivores don't talk anyway, though? It's oh, it's super, it's super racist. racist right? yeah, dude, it's super racist. Why there? can't the carnivores talk? Why can't the carnivores talk? And none, why of is, none of the raptors. And why is one of the dinosaurs a dog? <laughs> That's also true. What's going on in this universe? It's fucked up. Oh, really fucked up. But as the herd kind of rushes him, basically pushes him back, and he's like, all right, fuck, dude. I'm not going to do anything. Shit, all right, go. Sorry. Just go. He notices that Crone decided not to go with the herd because, again, he's a lone wolf. He likes yeah. to do everything on his own. Crone's trying to scale the wall. He's trying to scale the, mo- the wall. So the dinosaur, Carnotaur, starts running after him. And then Nima and Aladar have Ugh, to run after him God. to, I guess, save him, even though he's been nothing but a dick this whole oh, movie. He's been such a piece of shit. And it doesn't matter really anyway, because once the Carnotaur gets up top, he starts beating the shit out of Crone there, throws him against a rock eventually, which I guess breaks his back because that motion or movement killed him, whatever happened. I don't, yeah, I guess he ends up dying. Um, And And Aladar Aladar, and Nima wind up beating the shit out of this T-Rex. Yeah, manage to push it off a cliff. Throw him off a cliff. Yeah, and he just fucking dies. So this is what really angers me about this movie. I think as I've... As I've indicated before, I like a complete story. Yeah. Uh, Crone didn't learn a fucking lesson in this movie. Here's the thing. I don't mind if the villain doesn't learn a lesson. In fact, I actually prefer movies where they don't and they have right. some epic death or whatnot. I'm thinking Scar and the Lion King. Right, of course. The big difference between that and this... There's no backstory for Crone. Right. I have no attachment to him as a villain, and therefore I don't care if he lives or dies. Well, so, and then my point to that would also be, was Crone really a villain, or was he just ill-intentioned? I mean, I think it's kind of both, because he dies at the end. I feel like that signifies this was a bad guy, because unlike Bruton, well, so, doesn't get a redemptive moment. <laughs> well, so, I, but I feel like he at least needed that redemptive moment, because, you know, yes, he's pushing the herd and yes he's like preaching leave the weak behind but he's also pushing to help the young people survive and make sure that this herd has a future to me that doesn't say villain that says an uneducated protagonist and that's why i think he should have had a moment of aha or redemption or like i've learned my lesson before he died to me this is just someone who had a lesson to learn, didn't learn the lesson, and then they just cut out their story. Well, I actually thought when this scene started that he was going to push the dinosaur off and then get grabbed on the way down or something and pulled down and they were both going to die. I thought, from what my memory, I just thought he kind of had a redemptive moment. He doesn't, But though. he doesn't at all. He just dies. He literally just dies, and he doesn't cause the death of the Carnotaur at all, so it's no. just really... There's nothing to it. They just snuff out his story. Yeah, and to super, me, it just it feels incomplete. Lame. And it just it bothered me a lot. I, I wanted. Yes, he's a dick. And yes, he was not the person you were supposed to be rooting for in this movie. But I don't think he deserves just a, a death, a straight up death. He wasn't a villain. He just 
was not a great guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he craved the, you know, the attention of being a leader. He yep. was clearly an alpha male that, you know, put him, se- he did have semi-selfish intentions, but you're right. His yeah. whole it seemed, motivating factor was to make the, the herd succeed. It just seems unusually cruel to just kill him like that. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, whatever. Being a little baby, dude. All right, fuck off. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, no, I will say it's kind of uh, anticlimactic. Yeah. And so Agreed. they wind up returning to the nesting grounds with all the people there. Everything's green and lush and beautiful. And basically we cut to some years later, or some time later, rather. Yeah. Zinni is fucking He's swimming in poon, dude. Swimming <laughs> in lemur poon. <laughs> dude, he's a fucking Casanova. Because of course he is. I thought Zinni had a way bigger too, role in this dude, movie. I thought he was like the third main character in this movie. Turns no, out, dude, he like does. He's got he's like no lines. He has less lines than Hayden Panettiere. I think. Yeah, he like does. Little girl lemur. Yeah, she is way more. <laughs> Which I am thankful for because oh, I yeah. thought he was oh, going to be Zinni's the worst. worst. Yeah. I mean, he is the worst part of this movie. Or at least the character, in yeah. my opinion. But he's not in it enough to really bother me. Right. No, it just, you know, he popped up. He's he's like Jar Jar Binks. Like, yeah. he just like, he pops <laughs> yeah. up on occasion. And you're like, ah! but <laughs> uh, Aladar and Nima now have kids. In fact, everyone has kids. Babies are fucking everywhere. And they all just start screaming towards the heavens, dude. <laughs> yeah, they all do their little dinosaur roar for, for zero reason. And they're <laughs> yeah, doing it for minutes. pull out. Yeah. And, and it was just like in mid-conversation, like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> so weird. Dinosaur. Dinosaur. That's dinosaur, dude. Wow, That's it. Man. That was. Just think, in probably a few years, they're all dead. All that, of them. So that's the thing. On, on its own, it's pull out. There's only narration in the very beginning. It says like two lines, and then at the very end, and something, the gist of the end one is basically like, I don't know how much time we've got on this planet, but I hope we're remembered. Dinosaur. <laughs> dinosaur. <laughs> I yeah, mean, that's super depressing. It's very how ominous. Long do they have very they're ominous. Dead? They're yeah. all dead. That's, oh, yeah. Spoiler alert they don't have a lot of time. Yeah, there are no <laughs> dinosaurs today. <laughs> That is, you know, in case people didn't know that. Oh, man. So what did you think about Dinosaur, wow, man? I, I, I'm a little underwhelmed yeah. in its story. However, the scope of it, uh, I'm still kind of impressed by, by the animation. It's just a really, like I mentioned earlier, bland vanilla movie that mm-hmm. I re- I'm now remembering why I found this movie so forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds... No, it's <laughs> makes fair. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is this is a, f- a fun enough movie that you can absolutely show kids, and it's got some kind of visually intense stuff, too, to kind of freak them out every once in a fucking while, mm-hmm. which you kind of yeah, like in a kid's gotta movie. You got to keep a kid on their toes. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of that scene in Fantasia, the dinosaur scene, that yes. darker fucked up. There's a couple scenes in, in this movie that, that kind of harken back to that and, and remind me of Fantasia. Makes sense. But I will say, yeah, this is a, a completely inoffensive, uh, straightforward movie that you could show. I, I, I do think it's kind of timeless in the fact that its story and themes will always be relevant. And I wonder if in 10, 15 years from now, the animation will still hold up mm-hmm. because I feel like traditional hand-drawn animation, which is obviously what the studio is known for, right. that those movies have remained timeless. I think Toy Story will remain timeless. There are certain movies that transcend the animation uh, genre mm-hmm. just based on their story and will remain timeless. Yeah. This movie, I think, was all built on the animation and the gimmick of the visuals there's not a lot of story there or character to grab onto, and so I wonder if this will eventually 
kind of get forgotten. Man, that's entirely possible, especially the way we've been seeing trends. I I wouldn't be surprised if hand-drawn animation makes a return in 10 years. Oh, I'm sure it will. It goes in cycles, and I think it will for a little resurgence, you know, for some uh, specific tastes. I love hand-drawn animation. I I do, too. I do, too, but it makes you wonder, does a movie like this... You're right, fall by the wayside a little bit. So a 65 overall on Rotten Tomatoes. What is your score in comparison? I, I'm honestly going to match it. I'm going to give it a 65. There's nothing in this that's that's necessarily bad outright other than the animation with the lemurs. <laughs> it's just uh, very pedestrian. And the storyline is, like I said, forgettable, basic, but, uh, but really inoffensive. And it, the, it goes by quickly. And it's also similar to those... Uh, walking with dinosaur documentaries, mm-hmm. I can absolutely put that on and watch with a kid and have an inter- if your kid likes dinosaurs, which I did as a kid. Me too. This is absolutely a movie they should watch. Agreed. Uh, for me, this movie, you're right. Just the idea of as a kid, the idea of dinosaurs is probably enough to get you through the end of the movie. For adults like us uh, who can appreciate what we're watching on screen and technically. Um, the animation is enough to at least get me through about half of this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it is, there are some things in this movie that even today I marvel at, wow, they put a lot of work into this. All of the real life, uh, backdrops, mm-hmm. all of that, and all of the practical effects that they actually put into this movie, I think even to this day, are still pretty stunning. That's a lot of effort, money, and time going into an animated film that was only a page master in a tent block. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but you're right. In terms of an actual movie, when it comes to plot, when it comes to all of that, the character development... Uh, it just it does fall flat for sure. It's there's nothing there for it. It's really boring. Um, again, it's like it, this is exactly what Mad Max would be if you took out <laughs> all of the action. I truly believe that. It's like it started as a joke, but I truly believe it for comparison's sake. It's just Fury Road, but you take out all the fucking awesome action. And you replace all the people with dinosaurs. It's, it's also like a slightly pointless journey. Yeah. <laughs> to one area. And then yeah, back to exactly. A and then they come back to, to, back to the water. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I can see where this is going to touch home with children and parents. Uh, you know, for us, it's definitely one that you can forget and you wouldn't be faulted for that. Uh, some of the animation holds up the lemurs and a lot of the close-ups do not. Yeah. Some of it's really bad, but um, it it definitely, it feels like it was a miss, but at the same time, I didn't hate it either. And I didn't, not that I wasn't bored, but I wasn't begging for it to be over either. And I think that is helped by the runtime. Yeah. Yeah. It's for sure. Um, So I think for me, I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to give it a 60. Yeah. Um, still it, fresh. Yeah, it's still fresh. And it's it's in no way a bad movie. Right. Especially if you put it in context of where we were technically back in 2000 and whatever this movie came out. Um, so, yeah, it, it's not terrible. But, I, you know, if you have other nostalgic movies on your list... You maybe pass over this one. Well, I wanted to ask you, in comparison to, say, The Land Before Time, which would do you prefer? Oh, The Land Before Time. Yeah? The Land Before Time, 100%. Uh, First of all, it's hand-drawn, which, 
you know, it, it didn't. It's tough to compare the capabilities of that hand drawn in the 1980s yes. to what they were able to do in 2000. So animation wise, I, I just don't even think it's fair to compare, but um, there's a better story. The characters in the land before time are, I mean, that movie grips your heart and oh, yanks it, it out of your out chest. With a fucking yeah, death. It's, yeah. That movie and is tough. This it's, movie could have benefited from yes. one of the, and there is a bunch of death with the lemurs and all that, the, the extinction, but you're yeah. so far removed from it. You don't have an emotional attachment to any of it. Well, so what I would compare, um, the land before time or when I would compare this movie to Mad Max without the action, I would compare the land before time with like stand by me with stakes. You know what I mean? <laughs> and three stars. Yeah. And three stars. <laughs> I don't know. But the thing that pissed me off is there's a few zinny like characters in the land. Before time. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Petrie, Petrie and, and the, Ducky. Ducky. Yeah, yes. Petrie and Ducky are, are both bad. Fuck. But, and, and it has been quite some time yeah. since I've watched the land before time. Okay. A but be- a better comparison, same year this movie was released, dinosaur or ice age. I'll take Ice Age. Ice Age. Ice Age was funnier. Ice Age was much funnier. Ice Age was funnier. I think the animation in that is I won't say it's better. I think I, the animation I, in this is better. That, but I think it's a little bit more consistent. Absolutely more consistent. Yeah. Yes, we'll give you that. I, I think I kind of applaud this movie for not going the... Not that they could ever do it because the movie's set back then, but pop culture references or try to be... They don't yes. shoehorn humor in... They do have those stupid like kid jokes every yeah. once in a while, but it's not to the detriment of a scene. Well, I, I'll say this. Minus... Two P jokes. There were two, there are two P, P jokes, jokes yeah. in this movie, but it really doesn't stoop down to like fart joke level. You know no, what I mean? There's no real crude humor or anything like that. It no, is. it's a movie that actually takes itself pretty seriously, it all things considered. And it does have a message to produce where Ice Age does have that too, but it, you know, it's Dennis. To a less extent. It's yeah. Dennis Leary dicking John around with, Ray, yeah, yeah, with Ray Romano. Raymond. Raymond. <laughs> Raymond. Um, but. Now, if I were to compare it, uh, dinosaurs to We're Back, I'll take dinosaurs all fucking day really? long. Okay, oh my I'm God, excited dude. to watch Can't that wait again. to watch We're well, Back. I, so it was funny. I, said, I literally didn't think of this until right now. Do other people look at Dinosaur with reverence? Is this a movie that people I, love? You know, I don't think <laughs> that... When, when, I, when we announced this, I thought, yeah, this is going to be a silly movie to talk about. And there probably won't be much, but uh, again, we've filled the time. Anyway, so yeah, I shit. mean, we're, yeah, we're <laughs> but, pushing an hour, so but that's good. I'm, I'm wondering if other people... We love this as a kid, and I think mm-hmm. that maybe just because of our obsession with dinosaurs, I feel like a lot of kids are obsessed with dinosaurs. But I, thought, I think dinosaurs were a lot more popular when we were kids compared probably. to the kids today. We didn't have Pornhub. We didn't have Pornhub. We didn't have, well, we didn't have fucking uh, portable gaming devices on our cell phones. And That's also true. I can't have a dinosaur in my pocket. I mean, the fact of the matter is dinosaurs to us, I think what made them so cool was that they were a mystery to us. Like, we had no, all we had for comparison were, real life comparisons were like scary dinosaur bones. Now you in can. In Jurassic Park. In Jurassic Park. Now you can go on Google, Wikipedia, what dinosaurs looked like. And they look like fucking chickens, man. It's fucking boring. <laughs> it was awesome because they're the most like tantalizing of folklore or legend. Like yeah. these creatures existed. They were real. Not only. You'll never see one. Not only did they exist, but. In terms of like the food chain, they were they were where we were. Yeah, they were untouchable, and I think there's a lot of mystery to that. That again, as kids who didn't have as much 
of a way to get to like the internet or Wikipedia. No Pornhub. No porn <laughs> I think that I think that built into our obsession with them, and that's why they were yeah. pounding out all these dinosaur movies. Now, I mean, you get besides Jurassic World two, the Good Dinosaur, the Good Yes, that's which was right. Pixar's I think least successful film. Yeah, interesting. I didn't hate that movie. It's not. It's. I would actually. I might say that movie's less good than this movie. Well, that movie at least does have some sort of emotional core. I haven't watched um, The Good Dinosaur. Yeah, it's definitely one of I think Pixar's we tr- I think we watched like the first five minutes as a joke, and we were like, okay, that's enough of that. Well, how about the fucking first 45 minutes of The Boss Baby we watched as an alleged oh joke, and then had to keep going back to to just... <laughs> well, dude, it's nominated for an Oscar at this point. <laughs> we have to finish it. Holy shit. Maybe by the time people are hearing this, it'll already have won the Oscar. It'll that's be Oscar true. winner Boss Baby. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, well, I am, I can't say I'm real glad that I revisited this, but I will also say it was not time wasted. No, I'd agree. I think uh, I'd rather know that it wasn't really worth watching than just wondering for the rest <laughs> Wonder, of my life. Did I life. like that movie? Yeah, did I like that? I may watch this again with, with, with kids or something, but it's not a movie. It's not one of those kids movies that you can watch on your own um, just to, re, to to relive that nostalgia, in my opinion. I can almost guarantee this will shut your kid up for 82 minutes. Oh, absolutely. 82 minutes. And it won't, if bore, you need it won't kill you with boredom either. No, exactly. So, yeah. all, all right. right, man. Well, next week... You picked last week, so where we have the uh, the shakeup here, I'm going to go with, dude, let's do a movie that I, we wanted to do for a while, and we've only done, other than American Pie, this will be our second like adult-ish comedy or mm-hmm. comedy for adults. Yeah. Dude, let's do Tommy Boy. Let's do Tommy Boy. <laughs> Holy right. shnikes. We're going to do Tommy Boy. When was the last time you saw Tommy Boy? Tommy Boy, I can recite scenes from. Really? I've seen Tommy Boy... Uh, an insane amount of times. My dad was obsessed with that one in Black Sheep. Yeah. Um, watched those just a ton of times as a kid. I have probably haven't seen it, though, in on without seeing it like on TBS or TNT or yeah. some shit. I probably haven't put in the movie in eight, nine years. I was going to say, it's been probably yeah. like a solid six, seven years since I've seen Tommy Boy. I love that movie. And again, I don't know. I know it wasn't critically well-received. Uh, I don't know exactly how audiences either felt, but... I'm worried that because I haven't seen it in a long time and I feel like out of all of the genres of film, mm-hmm. I noticed that when I revisit comedies that I really loved in that age bracket, I'm <laughs> I'm sometimes very let down. Well, so, you know, I in a good a perfect comparison right now is that uh I watched that sketch that uh, Chris Farley's in the one where he's living in a van down by the river. Oh yes, of course. And yes. it's still funny. Yes, but like I used to not be able to, to breathe, breathe. Yeah, when I saw that sketch. Now I see it and I'm like, oh, that's still funny, but like not that funny. So that's <laughs> that's my concern specifically with Chris Farley. Chris Farley, I had the SNL greatest hits, like all of his uh, you know best skits. I mean, he was perfect. He, he was, was one of my favorite actors at the time and and is honestly one of the few people i mean if, if someone if a genie fucking came to me and said you can have three people in hollywood come back alive chris farley's hands down oh taken far 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 too soon he was yep. brilliant and i i fear what his career could have become in the post sandler kevin james era. i was gonna comedy. say i i liken him to maybe like kevin james but now. he had so much better concept or grasp of a physical comedy and his mm-hmm. timing was fucking literally perfect 
Yeah. I, so maybe he could have transcended it and become. One I of think those he was smart enough Jack to black type character yes, actors I, who who went on to do better performances. In well, and he was also a good actor in general. So yes, he could have come yeah. back and done serious roles like Jack Black has done. But we'll so, get into we'll get into all our yeah, thoughts. Yeah, well, I think on we're Chris getting Farley. way too far ahead of ourselves <laughs> right now. Um, so check it out next week, uh, Tommy Boy. We hope you liked this episode. <laughs> yeah, we apologize. This isn't our traditional uh, type of episode. Normally, we go off the rails a lot more, and there's a lot crazier shit to discuss. But in this movie, yeah. like we said, it's fairly tame, and there's not a lot of outlandish shit to dissect. <laughs> right. So, you know, it, it is a little bit of a venture from format, but uh, we had fun doing it. I did have fun doing it. And, yeah, tune in next week for Tommy Boy, please. Write us a review on iTunes. It really helps. Uh, Subscribe if you are not already. And most of all, let a friend know. Share this with a buddy of yours uh, to just spread the word to try to get the episodes out there to as many people as possible. Absolutely. We're growing every week. We're in like – we've had like consistent listeners – in almost like eight countries. Which is kind of cool. Which yeah. is very cool for us. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. As Brandon said, you can find us on iTunes by just searching us at Nostalgia Be Damned. You can also find us at nbd.podbean.com, which is our original hosted site. Uh, check out, they've got a ton of great podcasts on that site, so definitely check that out. Um, you can also send us an email at, what is the email again? I always forget the email. <laughs> it's nostalgiabedampedpod at gmail.com. Tells you who's the one that's actually checking the email. <laughs> Please interact with us. I do read them. I read them too on occasion. <laughs> exactly. But no. I also have it password. I have the password saved, so I don't even know what the email is. I just see, oh, and that's not me. Here we go. Yeah. Nostalgia be damned. But yeah, shoot us an email. Shoot us a request for a movie you'd like us to cover or a movie you like that you'd like us to watch to just get us a, an opinion on off the air. We just like to interact with our listeners yeah we'd love to do a mailbag one day if you've got questions for us brandon and i are not exactly the most uh fascinating people but you know maybe we tell you something that's embarrassing (laughs) maybe funny we're hoping to maybe also do uh maybe a little oscar preview yeah we'd love to do an oscar preview i've seen a healthy number of the of the best picture nominations. Maybe we could so. just do a 2017 year in review and we could just chat about all the movies Some we of our liked favorite or movies that hated. we watched. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, kind of our whole year in movies as like a bonus episode. Or well, whatnot. I tell you what, dude, we got to knock out one Oscar uh, contender, Boss, the Boss Baby. Baby. Yeah, we've got to finish, finish the Boss yeah. Baby. I feel in the last the last 10 minutes we haven't Guys, watched we've that been, movie. We've been watching the Boss Baby in <laughs> increments like f- for a month. <laughs> when it first got put on Netflix, I really think it was like a month. We started it, got 45 minutes through, and then just slowly went 10 minute increments for yeah. the next <laughs> that movie's unbelievably long in our defense Holy but shit. we've only got like we got 15 we've minutes got 15 left, minutes left we and just it must turn it all around it. to become one of the best animated features of the year because i don't know what the fuck because jesus the christ Academy is thinking i have no idea <laughs> anyway uh what do we have for a uh, product this week Zach? all right so the network has been really generous to us um they've been giving us these ads uh, been getting them a lot of money. We have not seen any of that money. Not a dime. Not a single dime. But that's why they're giving us time this week to promote our own project. Oh, okay. Yes. So, yeah, you ready for this? We've been working on this pitch. So, uh, Brandon and I are developing a new television show. Um, it's got, you know, we took some of show some shows that we know were very iconic and, you know, scream Americana, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, um Brandon's idea was what was it again? Ice Road Truckers. Ice Road Truckers. Uh, you know, famous show. I believe it's Discovery. Discovery Channel. Chronicles, History Channel. History maybe, Channel. Yeah. One of them. It, it chronicles the life 
of truckers driving on, on ice, icy roads. Icy roads, yes. yes. Um, so that was his idea. I, on the other hand, wanted to do sort of a uh, – uh, homage or even just a straight reboot to Murder, She Wrote. Very interesting take. Angela I, Lansbury, I believe. Correct. The teapot from Beauty and the Beast. Correct. Wow. Yeah, so um, that was my idea. We couldn't really reach an agreement, so coming soon, a mashup between Murder, She Wrote and Ice Road Truckers. It is about an old woman who is also a detective solving crimes while driving her big rig through icy Alaskan roads. While behind the wheel of an 18-wheeler. Correct. This is, we've done it. We've done it. We've found the next golden piece of television. I often, while I'm watching Ice Road Truckers, think to myself, this would be so much better if he was solving a mystery at the right. same time. It almost combines our favorite elements of, of Scooby-Doo, mm-hmm. but with an old woman behind the wheel of a big rig. Yeah, I think it's going to be hysterical. We might even throw a talking dog into there. Like, can you imagine Scrappy-Doo grown up? Holy shit, she's got like a sidekick dog? She's got a sidekick talking dog inside of her 18-wheeler while she's driving icy roads solving mysteries. And in the back of the big rig, she's cooking meth. We threw Breaking Bad in there, dude. We just threw Breaking Bad in there. Absolutely. Bitch! (laughs) Aaron Paul? (laughs) Uh, yes, Aaron Paul dude. would definitely sign on to this. Aaron Paul, if you're listening, and I Please. wholeheartedly believe he is. <laughs> <laughs> Please come on to our new project titled oh, Fuck Dude. Oh shit. <laughs> we didn't we never came that far. We never got a title. Well, if you have an idea for what our new show should be, please, please write in and let us know. We would truly appreciate it. If this hasn't scared you away, please tune in next week. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Tommy Boy next week. Tommy Boy. Holy shnikes. <laughs> Have a good one. Have a good one.